This is an AMI podcast. This is an AMI podcast. This is Double Tap Canada from AMI Audio, the place where blind people talk tech. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Double Tap Canada. Hi, I'm Stephen Scott. I'm sad this week. I'm sad. Sean Priest is here. Sean, ask me why I'm sad. Why are you so sad, Stephen? I'm not telling you. Stop being so nosy. <laughs> That's not very vulnerable of you. <laughs> uh, Tim Schwartz is here as well. Hello, Tim. Hello, Stephen. Hello, Sean. Boy, you're you're just a bundle of emotions every single week, Stephen. I know. I've got every emotion uh, flying around here. It is ridiculous. <laughs> okay, calm, da- calm down. So share with us. You're in a safe place. Why are you so sad and vulnerable, Stephen? Yeah, why, why am I feeling vulnerable this week? No, I, I'm not feeling vulnerable, but other people want me to be vulnerable this week. That's my point. So what happened was I called my satellite provider here in the UK uh, this week uh, because my satellite box wasn't working properly. There was a, a fault with it. Clearly there's an, an issue with it. It just keeps telling me it's not connected to the internet. I reset it to the internet. And then it, it just says it's not connected again. Now, you might think, and fair fair point, they did say, maybe it's your internet connection, mm. which is a fair question. Yeah, it's a fair point, right? But it wasn't because everything else in the house works. So I said, look, I have to get someone out to the house. Someone has to come out and, and fix this for me because I can't do it. Well, we have to go through troubleshooting. And I said, well, does this involve using the remote control and the screen and I guess reading stuff off the screen all at the same time? Yes. Well, I mm. can't do that. Why is that? Oh, well, because I'm blind. You're what? <laughs> I- I'm blind. And the next question I get is, and you have a TV subscription with us? Oh, <laughs> <Wow. laughs> what? Wow. Are you kidding me? Just, I was like, really? So then I get told that in order to get somebody to come to the house, I need to be put onto their vulnerable list. Their what list? My vulnerable list. You are very vulnerable. I'm very vulnerable. <laughs> yes. So I have to go onto the vulnerable list. Uh, otherwise, I'm not getting someone to come out to the house. So I had to get put onto that. And that gets me priority to get me to the front of the queue. And I'm like, really? So I get put through to this woman. And they tell me I'm going through to the accessibility department. So I think, right, okay, well, you know, I think now I'm, I'm assuming. And I'm thinking, well, this person might have at least spoken to someone else with a disability in her life, so she'll kind of get this, you know, yeah. she'll understand it. <laughs> so before he hands me a cross, he says, um, now bear in mind, uh, before you uh, get put through, you'll, you'll have to prove your disability. Uh-oh. And I'm thinking, okay, I don't quite know how I'm going to do that. I mean, do you want me to bump into a few walls? Do you want me to knock a cup over while I'm sitting at a table? <laughs> I can do all that stuff. Uh, I don't generally do it on command, but I can if you want. Um... So I get put through, and the woman says very kindly, she says, welcome to the accessibility department. Um, can I ask what your disability is? And I thought, well, that's enough of an interesting start. Maybe, maybe you like my name first. Buy me a drink, love. Uh, so, you know, uh, so I tell her I'm blind, and uh, she says, um, okay. She then asks me if my, my blindness is life-threatening, to which my response was, only if I walk out in front of a bus. Um, well... And she didn't respond to that. Uh, she just, I mean, it went silent for a couple of minutes. And then eventually she came back and said, uh, how can I help you? And, you know, can I can I assist you? So she puts me on this vulnerable list and then proceeds to go off the call. She's like, okay, well, thanks for calling. And I'm like, oh, hang on. I called up to get a, an engineer out. All I want is somebody to come and look at my box. And if you could fix it, that'd be great. <laughs> and she says, but you can't go through the troubleshooting. Yeah. 
you've gone off script at this point. You see, they can't uh-huh. tick their boxes. Exactly, that's right. They, they've got their they've got their script written here, and I'm not following yeah. it. And I said, well, that's not my fault, is it? That's your fault because you've built a box that I can't access. Go on, Stephen, give it to him. I did it a little bit, and uh, yeah, the end result was that they are going to send someone out, and that's great. Um, but what I had to go through was an hour and a half, an hour and a half on a phone being treated like I was a complete idiot and being questioned well, as to why I'd even watched television in the first place. Well, why would you watch? Guy. Yeah, exactly. I think that's a <laughs> yeah. valid point, Stephen. And what was your answer? Well, well, actually, he answered it for me. He said, oh, no, I get it. You would listen to the TV. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, you know what? I, I honestly thought we were kind of past this, but obviously we're not. You, you still run into those moments where, oh, yeah, I forgot. And I know we're not alone, right? I know I've, 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 I'm sure we've all had this at some point, right? And we've all faced it. And there's a lot of people who are listening to this saying, yes, Stephen, look, this happens all the time. But the reason I'm bringing it up is because, well, first of all, it annoyed me. It really annoyed me. Uh, and it maybe annoyed me more than it should have done. I think it's just that feeling sometimes, you know, you'll go on a call like that. And, you know, we're techie guys, right? So if we go on the phone and we say there's a problem with the box, we know what we're talking about to some degree, right? We know there's a fault with it. We know this, it's not an issue with the internet. It's an issue with the box, clearly. So I'm, and I'm expecting some pushback on that because they don't know what I know and they don't probably think I know anything. And that's fine, right? That's mm-hmm. okay. I, I can accept that. But when you start questioning a disability... And, you know, having to ask to prove it, I, mean, I, I don't even understand what any of that means. What are you expecting me to do? <laughs> Show your papers. Knock out some Ray Charles classics. I don't well, know. Well, I remember there was a government back in the 30s that tried this. And, you know, it didn't fare too well with them. <laughs> don't go there. Yeah, it, but, I mean, it's like, come on, really? I mean, is this really what where we're at in 2020? I mean, it sounded like the people I spoke to, two people in that company, and they don't represent the entire company. That's why I'm not naming them, because they don't represent the entire organization. And I know since that call that that, that company are actually getting in touch with local blindness organizations to try and improve their customer service. And they did that before I made that call. So that's good. They recognize there's a fault and and a problem, Um, not just with my box, but with their entire operation. Um, (laughs) And that's good. They've they've recognised that, and that's good. But at the same token, it is so frustrating, isn't it, that we're just treated like this second-class citizen, this um, you know irrelevant. Um, you know, what do they what do they expect that we do? This is one thing I don't understand. What do they think we do as blind people? We just literally sit around waiting for a sighted person to come and say hello. Kind of. Well, what's, <laughs> yeah. But so, what are you upset about here, though? Because I agree that the comment of you're blind and you watch TV or whatever it was, is ridiculous, right? That would get me angry for one thing. That was riled me, yeah. Yeah, so I get that. But are you worried about the whole being classed as vulnerable? Because I don't feel vulnerable. I'm not a vulnerable guy. That's the thing. I mean, I'm not vulnerable. If you meet me, you'll know I'm built pretty well. I can handle myself. Uh, And professionally, I've done all right, thank you very much. So, you know, I'm not a vulnerable guy. And I hate that category that we have to fall into sometimes. This, a lot of this happened during lockdown as well. To get your shopping, you had to go on the vulnerable list. Yeah. Why? Why? Why am I? The reason I'm not going out to get my shopping is because I can't socially distance in the way that other people can. But does, does that make me vulnerable? I mean, I don't, I don't know. Tim, where do you stand on this? Because I often think Americans, and I'm, I'm lumping everyone together here a bit, but unfortunately, Thanks. it's against the rules, I guess. <laughs> but, but actually, you know, I often find Americans very proactive people. They look forward, never back. And um, mm. 
Well, some, yeah, maybe some, yeah, not all. <laughs> Thinking of this week, yeah, um, maybe rephrase that slightly, but yeah, you know, I, I think on the whole, very positive outlook on things, and I just think this this must not be something that would sit well with you if if you were faced with that. Well, of course, me personally, no, this would not sit well with me. I, I would say a lot of Americans, it's it's no different than anywhere else, whether it's Canada, America, anywhere else, because. We have our fair share of people that are very proactive and would push back on something like this. But unfortunately, there are so many other people that the comment alone and the classification alone may push that vulnerable button that they already have and make them go into their shell even more and mm-hmm. say, oh, oh, well, okay, well, never mind. You don't want to help me. And then just hang up the phone and, and not deal with it or or something, you know, whatever. So it, unfortunately, this can you know, hinder the the idea of being proactive and being able to get help. And I've had similar experiences where, you know, I've called my, you know, cable or satellite TV provider and asked about audio description because it should be in my location where I live. Uh, it's one of the top, you know, cities that's supposed to include audio description on television. And I don't get the audio description when I flip the button or, you know, or, you know, flip the switch on TV. And they're like, oh, so so you're looking for closed captioning? No, 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 no. <laughs> Audio yeah. description for the blind, you know, and, and the, well, let me transfer you similar to what you had, Stephen. And again, <laughs> yeah, you think, oh, I'm going to get an accessibility department. They might understand, just like you said. And no, they still don't understand. So it, it, it's extraordinarily frustrating The flag you as a vulnerable person just because of the fact that you have, you know, an eye disease because you're blind. I'd be like, really? No, 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 no. Just because I'm blind doesn't mean I'm incapable. Doesn't mean I'm vulnerable. You know, it's the whole idea of, well, blind people can't be in the workforce because they're blind or they can only do certain jobs because they're blind. It's ridiculous. And, and it's, it's ignorance, not in the negative kind of connotation. A lot of people think of the word ignorant as stupid or, you know, but it's more ignorance as in just they just don't know they're not been trained they've not been told people just which, don't know which you, you can know. understand to some degree right not everybody knows everything about every disability i don't know everything about ms i don't know everything sure. about uh you know living life in a wheelchair i i admit to that right and i say that to a lot of people who get really gun-ho about the whole thing but but at the same token there's no room in someone's mind that being visually impaired makes you anything other than incapable and i don't understand that i don't understand where that comes from is it it clearly comes from something historical charities in this country in the uk uh, certainly are probably guilty most of this because the the idea was pushed by a lot of charities that you know blind people were incapable and not capable of doing things that's changed a lot and that's good but unfortunately that message has stuck with a lot of people growing up Uh, and even though a lot of organizations have moved away from that narrative um it's still we're still seen. Even I saw a tweet today, which which kind of brought this home as well. They said, "Look at TV, look at um, film, and you'll see every single uh, ethnicity, or color, or sexuality, or gender being represented more and more. Where is disability? It's not there. It's just not there. Not even rec- not even represented. not there on the same scale. Correct. I mean, it's it's drips and drabs. It's it's a show here, a show there." Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's not on the same level. I mean, even people, not just blindness, but people that are deaf, people in wheelchairs, you very rarely ever see that 
represented in a show. And I mean, there is a, there's a show called this is us that has a blind person in their most recent season. I've seen shows in the past that have had deaf people prominently, you know, as a, as a main character, but I can name those literally one or two of them, not even just the name it on one hand thing, name it on like two fingers thing. You know, it's, it's not anywhere close. Now, of course, a, a show like the TV show C on Apple TV plus, well, everybody represented on there is blind and a lot of the cast is blind so kudos to them for for doing that but that's one yeah. that, that that's just one yeah <laughs> you know that's right every blind person i see on a movie or on tv are just really nice people and it annoys me because i'm horrible i want to be represented. <laughs> unless i have to say my favorite movie and i know it wasn't a blind actor but even so i still it's one of my favorite movies uh, is See No Evil, He No Evil, Gene Wilder and Richard <laughs> Pryor, which I adore. And I enjoy, I enjoy for so many reasons. One, because they make jokes and they have a laugh and they kind of, you know, the guy has a laugh at himself. And, you know, he, you know, a lot of people maybe not like that movie. I don't know, but I, I did like it. I thought it was funny. I, um, I, I, I hate to say, but my favorite lines from that movie are the first question, was he or was he not a woman? And Richard Pryor yeah. classically saying, Fuzzy Wuzzy was a woman? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was just a brilliant movie from end to And it's funny, yes. it's on Netflix at the moment. It's not audio described, yeah. which is even more amazing. <laughs> oh. um, anyway, look, so I, listen, I'm sorry. I've dragged us away completely from where I wanted better? to go this week. I do feel better. Good. I said it. Good. Get That's together every week. Doing. And this is exactly, this yes. is my weekly therapy session. Yes, because we are vulnerable. Yeah. But uh, actually, um, I've said all that. And now I'm pretty much going to prove everything I've just said wrong by saying, <laughs> I think I found the perfect book reader. I'm going specialist on this one because I know, I know. And, and it's funny because I've been getting into audiobooks a lot more during the lockdown period. Lockdown's just lasting forever in, in where I live in Scotland. And we're just we're not coming out of it. And I don't think we ever will, if I'm honest, uh, the way things are going. But it's, you know, so for that reason, I've been getting into my audiobooks a bit more. And I've been trying lots of different things, trying lots of apps as well. But the problem is it's always the same with apps. Apps are brilliant, right? So Dolphin has Easy Reader, which is a brilliant app to be able to download audiobooks, uh, to download magazines, newspapers, all that stuff. And that's great. And it's free to download on iOS and Android. And it's a very, very enjoyable app. But the problem with that is you have to remember and turn your Do Not Disturb on. you got to turn voiceover off a lot of the time when you're listening to a book because you're going to get constant interruptions calendar invites or notifications or Facebook or Twitter or whatever it is that's coming through. And, you know, that's always getting in the way. And you just sometimes, I think, especially with a book, you want a lot of people just want to disappear with a book for a while and just listen to the book and not get all the other stuff, all the extraneous noise, move away from it for a while. So for that reason, I've chosen the Victor Reader Stream. It is the classic. Uh, Canada born. <laughs> so, you know, points. Um Playing to the home team. Yeah, yeah okay. <laughs> but yeah, I do love this. And I got one of these at uh, Sight Village in the UK last year when it was still a thing. Remember those days when we could travel? Remember those days? Oh, those are great The days. before times. No, I don't. Yeah, that's right. When dinosaurs roamed the earth. Um, <laughs> freely, I might add as well. They didn't have to socially distance. Um, but the, yeah, I got one of these. And, and there was two options at the time. There was the Victor Reader Stream and the Victor Reader GPS, which has got, obviously, all the GPS capabilities, um, navigational features and all of that. But I didn't choose to go down that route. I didn't think I'd need it or want that. Um, so I, I'd opted for this. And plus, I'm a cheapskate, and I got a deal on it. So, you know, that's the reason. Um, 
But I do no, like this makes thing. Sense. <laughs> yeah, no, it's all becoming clear. Uh, takes an SD card, uh, so you can put your own SD card in there. You can host a whole lot of uh, different uh, podcasts, audiobooks, um, notes as well, because you can take notes with this. And it all runs off a very simple layout, simple T9 keyboard, keys one to nine. It's got, you know, physical buttons. Remember those days? Physical buttons you can press, <laughs> clicky buttons. Not those clicky in fairness, but, you know, they're clicky enough for yeah. me. Um, and, you know, it's got the Wi-Fi. This new one, the second-gen one, has got the Wi-Fi built in so you can listen to internet radio. Wi-Fi? How futuristic. <laughs> yeah, it's got the internet. Uh, and, and you can download uh, content directly to it as well. If you're in the States, for example, you've got NLS Bard, which lets you access the National Library Service. That's something that is coming to the UK. Um, I think there is an equivalent in Canada. I'm pretty sure that, that the CNIB... Uh, do have an equivalent library service uh, in Canada, uh, which again can be accessed through this device. And that's great because you can then search the online book libraries, download the book direct to the device. That's something that actually isn't available in the UK yet, and, and it is coming, but you know, it's, it's a bit behind the times in that regard, but hopefully that will come. And um, again, it just it, that it essentially seals it for me as a perfect book player because I'm able to, you know, lie in bed at night, find the book I want, download it, listen to it without having to go near a computer or have to download a file on a PC and then transfer mm -hmm. it to the SD card and all of that. Um, I just think it's a great device for being able to pick up, take with you. The battery lasts forever on it. And I paired mine up with the Bose QC35s. Remember the, the uh, noise-canceling headphones I got before? Yep. Oh, yeah. Paired up with those. Now, it, does con it doesn't connect on Bluetooth. It does connect by cable because it doesn't have Bluetooth in it. Really? Wow. Yeah. Well, that is strange. <laughs> well, yeah, that is a bit strange, if I'm honest. Um, but at the same token, it doesn't have it. But you can connect via that. And the one thing I was concerned about was, would the noise cancellation work? Well, it does. Even though you're uh, listening by a cable, the noise cancellation still kicks in on the Bose. So it does pair really well with this. And uh, yeah, for that reason, it's been my, my trusty book player. It came with me uh, on my trip to Canada last year. Uh, it was on my trip to CES at the start of the year. Um, and I didn't have to charge it once on any of those trips. You know, end to end, it lasted. And you know, I was able to hold. I had about forty books on there, um, tons of podcasts, lots of content, and I was able to listen to them in peace without having endless notifications. And what is a very, very simple device? It's the perfect book reader, guys. Wow. You know what? I totally agree with you, Stephen. But Tim, I understand you hate this device. Tell us more. <laughs> I think that you're having, Did I hear a you're having some sort of out-of-body experience, Sean. I, I, I don't know what to say to you thinking that he's totally right um, and thinking that I hate it. I mean, I own a I'm Victor confused Reader Stream. I, I'm very confused. I, I have owned a Victor Reader Stream version one, gosh, for – I've had it in a drawer now for 10 years and <laughs> yeah. uh, I've owned it for like 12 years. Um, no, I mean, everything you say about it, Stephen, is absolutely correct. It is a great device for what it does, what you can do with it works very well. It is nice to have the tactile nature of the device and, you know, transferring things via Wi-Fi, tons of space and keeping your battery beefed up on your iPhone so you don't have to burn battery down and notifications and all that that you said is, is exactly right. So if somebody is looking for a third-party device that's separate from their phone or maybe they don't have a smartphone and, and they don't you know, use a smartphone and apps and things, then yes, this is the perfect book reader. It does everything you want it to do. As I've said in the past, however, 
If you are using a smartphone, for me personally, the reason I stopped using the Victor Reader is because I, I just didn't want to have to carry more than one device, especially when I had my iPhone that could already do all of this. And you did mention, well, notifications and all that coming through and voiceover talking and all that. And I know this will just this is going to make you really vulnerable and upset, Stephen. But um, that's what Siri shortcuts are for. Because oh, don't start this again. You can, I'm not you listening can, to this. No, you can create a shortcut that will turn all that off when you open a certain app and it'll it'll turn it all off or delay it fake so you news could, you could have all that happen automatically in the background and not disturb you while you read a book terrible so it, it, it's you know that's just you know, something <laughs> to consider but no but i i do agree that if, if you are in that market and wanting something separate from a smartphone or don't have a smartphone yes this this is a great option but again i, I can do all of this and so much more on my iphone nowadays i don't have storage issues i don't have battery issues I, because I use shortcuts. Really, though? I, I mean, if you were listening to books and podcasts and then you were getting all these notifications and calls, I mean, you go on a flight, and I know we're not going to do that again for a while, but, you know, if you're out and about and you're going somewhere, uh, a long trip, you don't want to be constantly carrying around umpteen cables, having to plug in. When I take my phone anywhere. No. Well, <laughs> well look, I mean, you know, if, with, your, with your phone... Uh, you've got to charge it every so often. I mean, my phone is—I'm charging it at least, you know, once or twice a day, um, and that's—and that's just with regular use, right? So that's not—I mean—and and, mine lives pretty much on its wireless charger, which thankfully has made a big difference because with the wireless charging, just having it sit at my desk, you know, it's not dying as much yep. or as regularly. But without that, in, in the days I've actually in my my work phone I've got, which is an iPhone Seven doesn't have wireless charging, I notice it there. You know, that phone is constant. Oh, I need to charge again. Um, so there's that, where, and of course that's with all the, what's going on and calls especially. Interestingly, a lot of people don't make phone calls as much these days. I think I'm in the minority on that yeah. one. But phone calls are the biggest killer of the battery. Um, and, you know, but, but with this thing, you know, I can, I can pack it up ready to go and it lasts me a full week if I need it to. Um, so, and again, I mean, I, I, I'm not saying it's, it's an alternative to anything at all. I think the apps are all great and I still use all those things. But I just feel if I want to sit down on a Sunday and listen to a book, or at night, chill out with a book. I know I can listen to this with no interruptions or anything at all. I think it's great for yeah, that. So you can do the same thing on a smart speaker. Right, no, stop it. Uh, let's put aside Tim's irrational hatred towards specialised hardware for just a second. What? And I don't think that was a rational hatred. No, it hatred. was. And let's... Uh, no... <laughs> Let's talk about your rational <laughs> hatred that you're deflecting to me. Okay. Yeah. So there's a lot of projection going on here. I'm yes, the psychologist. I'm just throwing it under the bus. Okay. Yeah. So yes. to say it's a perfect book reader, um, you know why I disagree with that? And it's it's probably a really shallow reason purely on the price. If this was 50 bucks, absolutely. It's amazing. But it's not. It is over. $100. It's overpriced for what it is. Simple as that. So cost-wise, you're looking at uh, 445 Canadian dollars. Ridiculous price. Absolutely outrageous. Uh, for the That's for the Victor Reader <laughs> Stream new generation. For the Victor Reader Trek with uh, GPS, you're looking at 895. Um, you can also get, if you still use MP3s, uh, you know, USB sticks or uh, DAISY CDs, uh, you can still buy the Victor Reader Stratus um, 12. That's still available. That's five hundred and fifty, um, yeah, five hundred fifty dollars for that one as well. And all that is available from humanaware.ca. Should you want to uh, get more information on it as well. But uh, I mean, look, I, I know it is. Of course, all these things are considered purchases. But then, at the same token, 
this is a specialist device. How many people are going to buy this? I think this isn't actually a mistake on Huberman's part. I think they could do more advertising this to people, not just those with low vision, but actually people who are elderly, who are quite happy, you know, good, reasonable vision, but just want to listen to audiobooks, or people with dyslexia, you know, people with print disabilities, essentially. Um, it could be great for them as well. And bear in mind, it's a recorder as well, a decent one, actually. Um, you know, I mean, there's a lot in here. If it was $100, you know what? I'd probably have one. But I, yeah, for $100. I, yeah. I, I resent that price. Maybe that's irrational, okay, Sean, but I do. I have a Victor Reader Stream version one. I'll sell you for $100. There you go. Uh, see? No, deal done. Okay. There you go. <laughs> now, see, now he doesn't want it. You see, you can't make... You just can't keep oh, them it's happy, got, can The first not one's got no himself. Wi-Fi. I'm plugging it in to drag that and using that terrible software that came with the first one. Forget it. I don't need Wi-Fi. that software anymore. You don't need any of that. No, no, not in the second gen. But the second gen's got no Bluetooth. Ridiculous. All right, fine. Fair enough. Well, there you go. Anyway, I think it is the perfect book reader. You can tell me your thoughts. Feedback at ami.ca. Stick around. Uh, Sean is back. Uh, You might remember last week uh, he was telling us how to install an iOS beta. Well, if that didn't work out for you, don't worry. Sean has the answer to that coming up next. And now we're back with the Double Tap Canada team for more news on the latest tech from an accessibility point of view. Join in the fun with Double Tap by emailing your comments to feedback at ami.ca or on Twitter at Double Tap Canada. Hey, it's Stephen, Sean and Tim with you this week on Double Tap Canada and uh, coming up we'll get to your emails and your voicemails as well. But first, how do you get rid of that really irritating iOS beta that Sean made you install last week? Well, thankfully he's here with the answer. Hit the road, Jack. Don't you come Okay, so you gave it a shot. You tried your best, but it just didn't work out. These things happen. There's no one to blame. If you want to dump the beta version of iOS and go back to the non-beta version you were using before, then luckily enough, you can. Now I know what you're thinking. It's easy, Sean. I know how to do that. Open up settings, go to general, go to profile, and remove the beta configuration profile. Well, yeah, well done. That's kind of right. Uninstalling the beta profile will unenroll your device from the beta program, and you won't receive any further beta software updates, but it won't roll back your device to the previous version of iOS you were using before. In order to do that, we'll need a few things. Firstly, a computer, either Windows or Mac. Secondly, the latest version of iTunes. Thirdly, connect the phone you want to recover to the computer using the USB cable. And make sure iTunes is open. And finally, put the phone in recovery mode. Now to put your device in recovery mode isn't difficult. You just need to hold down a couple of buttons for, let's say, 30 seconds or so. For example, on my iPhone 6S, I would hold down the home button and the lock screen button on the side for, as I said, 30 seconds. The trouble is, not every device has a home button, so that wouldn't work on my iPhone 11. Anyway, here's a quick rundown of how to get your particular device in recovery mode. If you have the iPhone 8 or later, including the iPhone SE 2020, 
Press and release the volume up button, then press and release the volume down button, then press and hold the side button. For the iPhone 7 series, press and hold the volume down button and the lock screen button. For the iPhone 6 and earlier models, press and hold both the home button and the lock screen button. All right, let's do it. I've got an iPhone 6S here, which is running a beta version of iOS. I've plugged it into my Windows 10 computer and iTunes is open. So let's put it in recovery mode. Remember, for the 6S, I need to hold down the home button and the screen lock button. If you've got enough vision to see the screen, you'll notice that the phone will restart, but keep holding those buttons down, don't let go, and eventually you'll hear this pop up on your computer. iTunes dialog, there is a problem with the iPhone iPhone that requires it to be updated or restored. The problem may be fixed by updating your iPhone, which preserves your settings and content. However, if updating doesn't work, it may be necessary to click restore, which erases all settings and content. If you backed up this iPhone to this computer or iCloud, you'll be prompted to restore the backup onto the iPhone. You will need your iCloud password if find my iPhone has been enabled. Update button Alt plus U. Restore button Alt plus R. In this case, we want to restore the iPhone, so hit enter on restore iTunes dialog, are you sure you want to restore the iPhone iPhone to its factory settings? All your media and other data will be erased, and the newest version of the iPhone software will be installed. iTunes will verify the restore with Apple. After this process is complete, you will have the option to restore your contacts, calendars, messages, and other settings. Restore and update button Alt plus R. The important thing in this pop-up, other than making sure you're sure, is that it says it is going to download the latest version of iOS, and that means the non-beta version. So hit enter on update and restore. And the next screen is usually the terms and conditions. So just agree and continue. And now just wait. If I get my screen reader to read iTunes, it says iTunes is downloading the software for this iPhone and will restore your iPhone when the download is complete. During this process, you will hear various beeps and boops while is boops a word? I think so. While your phone restarts multiple times. But don't worry, don't touch anything. Eventually, and in my case, it took around 15 minutes, you'll get this. iTunes dialog, your iPhone has been restored to factory settings and is restarting. Please leave your iPhone connected. It will appear in the iTunes window after it restarts. This message will be dismissed in 10 seconds. Ooh, very mission impossible. But that's it. We're done. Your iPhone is now reset to factory defaults running the latest official version of iOS. I find it best to leave the phone alone for 10 or 20 minutes after you get that final message from iTunes, just to make sure the phone has finished restoring itself. When you come back to it, it will be like a brand new phone out of the box, so you will need to set it up again. Triple tap the home or side button to enable voiceover and follow the setup process. Of course, during the setup process, you can restore your phone to how it was before using an iCloud backup, which obviously you did make before you installed the beta, didn't you? Of course you did. Anyway, that's it. It really isn't that difficult. But again, I've got to say, there's no guarantees when it comes to beta testing. Who knows what problems you may come across. If you don't feel confident that you can deal with these problems, then don't do it. 
If you're worried about losing any contacts or any photos or any data, don't do it. And if you do do it, back up your device before you start. With all that said, beta testing is so important. If we want the final version of iOS to be the best experience and most accessible experience it can be, then we need to find and more importantly, report those bugs. As we go on a mission and bug on out. Well, thank you for that, Sean. That's very useful. Although, I've got to pick you up on one little point. Just one tiny, tiny, yeah. tiny little point. Mm-hmm. Uh, on a Mac, right? So on the Apple Mac systems. Never heard of them. Yep. They, don't, they, don't, uh, they don't have iTunes anymore. Well, now then. So, for once, you're absolutely right. Thank you. Yep, well done. So, I followed the steps on the official Apple support forum, which do say, make sure you're running the latest version of iTunes. But in the recent versions of macOS, you no longer have iTunes. They've separated it out. Um, I'm not sure from which version. What, what do you call it? Catalina. Thank you. Although Katrina sounds better. No, no Catalina. Anyway, it doesn't really matter because <laughs> as soon as you connect your device to the computer and put it in recovery mode on macOS, it will pop up saying, detected a device in recovery mode you want to update or restore the device just like in that demo there so all the steps are exactly the same except you're right it's not called itunes anymore but interestingly and this is the weird thing if you search if you use spotlight to search on your mac for itunes it'll open the music app which is weird it's obviously hardwired to do that yes um, Uh, what, what he's saying is he's right and wrong all at the same time Remarkable. Yes. Thank you. Uh, right, let's discuss... Uh, <laughs> well. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, look, I'm just going to quickly talk about uh, the Echo skills because uh, we had uh, on Double Tap TV this week, we had Robin Christofferson join us talking about um, Echo skills and his favourite Echo skills as well. In fact, he was talking about the Echo show that he got. I think he got the Echo show 8 and he was uh, talking about it on the programme. So much so, I, I get so excited by it, I went out and bought one. And... Um, <sighs> Well, here's the thing, right? I actually quite like it. I thought I would hate it, but I don't. You hated the show five. I know. I hated the show five. I like the eight. And let's be clear here. The only difference is the screen size. (laughs) Well, I think think that's the point, right? Because the Echo Show 5, it feels like someone's just propped up a, a smartphone on its side. And it's very hard to navigate, especially with the, the screen. It's quite small, right? So it's hard yes. to navigate with voiceover using your, your fingers. Um, whereas with the 8, you've got a bit more screen real estate. So it's, it's a bit easier to navigate. You can have your hand on the desk and you know and swipe your fingers across. I quite like it. I quite like this. I mean, the sound of it is incredible. When do very you ever basic. want to navigate on the Echo Show? I, I don't know. That's Never. a good question. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I, I like it. I've got one here in front of me. I've got the Echo Show 5, and I do like it. Um, right. But I, I, I don't need it. Uh, you know, I could easily have a Who dot needs here an instead. Echo Show? Look, if, if, if the alarm goes off and we're told we've three minutes to live, nobody's going to say, I'm not- grab the Echo Show 5. I would. No, I'm not saying that. I say I don't need the screen. Uh, the screen is... Uh, it's nothing to me. It's nothing to me, I tell you. You're nothing to me. <laughs> it's, and in fact, <laughs> it's constantly telling me the time. I've, I've actually, I've got to unplug it while I'm recording because otherwise it's screaming the time and temperature at me. I, I have no idea why. So uh, the screen... Someone has to keep you on track. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yes. The screen aspect of it has, is pointless for me. That's all I'm saying. It's a smart speaker and it should stay audio only. 
Thank you. Fine. Fine. Okay, whatever. Well, look, uh, the the key thing is we were discussing skills on the TV show and uh, I just thought I'd throw it open to you guys. What skills you're using, what you like, what you don't like about it. I mean, you know, obviously there are a lot of skills out there, uh, thousands of them, um, but it's it's trying to find good ones. And that's the... Ones that we use every day, I mean, I use the basic stuff like the weather and the time and, you know, all that. The only one I've started using most recently that I really like, and it's, it's only really, it might, it might be available around the world because I know that it is available around the world in various ways. But uh, BBC News out of the UK have got a skill. And I, I'm, I'm really excited by this because what they've done is they've taken the news and they've made it interactive. So what they do is they have a news bulletin that gets read out. And you can interact with the bulletin. You can say, well, I want to know more about that story. So you'll hear maybe an extra interview or more conversation. Or you can say, next, I don't like that story, move on. Um, and, and, you know, it just kind of takes you to the next story. And then, you know, so you've got a bit of control over what you're listening to. Uh, but you're still getting the news. And I quite like that. You know, I thought it's showing how this can be used. Um, it's not just the device that you have to consume content that's being delivered to you. You can actually get involved in that content in some way. Cool. And I'm sure down the line we'll be able to feed back into it as well, you know, give our comments and mix that into it. But I think it's, it's an interesting uh, idea. That one I've been playing with a lot. But other than that, like I say, it's the weather, it's the time, it's the, you know, the, the skills you connect with smart devices. I've got a lot of smart plugs around the house and uh, smart lights and all of those are controlled by by this and it almost becomes second nature you kind of forget what you've connected to it and how connected it actually is into yeah. my world i mean if i was to get rid of my amazon echoes tomorrow i don't know what i would do i'd be lost wow. uh, I, I wouldn't know how to turn anything on um <laughs> you know everything's controlled well, by perhaps it. we should go back and just explain what skills are a little bit maybe we're jumping ahead i don't know um i, I think I, most people have got a handle on that Okay, sorry. They've ever listened well, to this show. Explain they, they anyway. have to, but yeah, go, go ahead, Sean. <laughs> so I, I like to think of skills as almost apps. If you you know think of apps on your smartphone, it's almost the same thing. They're, now it's time for patronising with Sean they, Reese. They add extra functionality onto the basic features of your smart speaker. Thanks and for explaining it, Sean. Google Home. Or the Google smart speakers, shut up. Google smart speakers have their own version, which they call Actions, but they're far Terrible. less... <laughs> no, they're fine, but they're not as easy to browse as they are on the uh, Amazon smart speakers. So, yeah. um, But when it comes to my favourite skills, okay, let me just say this before I get there. I think I am using less and less skills because as the smart speakers mature, you know, we get more and more features built in or you know with every software upgrade to your echo or your google nest or whatever you'll find that more and more features are available to you so i do find i'm using less and less skills but with that said as you said Stephen, the third party smart devices skills are great you know i've got one for the samsung tv you can turn the tv on or off change channel turn the volume up um well, in theory, mine actually doesn't work. As soon as you turn it off, it disappears. But that's not the point. Um, there's others. There's Casa. There's the Nest for the thermostat. You know, there are so many out there. And it, it's just great. Um, but for my personal favourites, I've got two. I used to love doing crosswords. I loved crosswords, but obviously couldn't do that anymore. So Puzzler is a great skill. Boring. No, says the man who loved the BBC News skill. Be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> Audible crosswords are great on smart speakers, and Puzzler in particular is a fantastic one. So check that one out. I also love 
beat the intro, you know, the, the, where it plays a little bit of a, a song and you've got to name the artist and the title. Great. <clears throat> Sorry, I was drifting off there. Uh, Tim. Oh, jeez. <laughs> wow. Anything to add? Have you, have you, uh, it's a hard crowd. It's a tough crowd uh, today, Anything I add is going to be better than all this, <laughs> yes. I'm sure. No. <laughs> oh. No, actually. Right, well, lay down your gauntlet, <laughs> man. <laughs> yeah, well, don't, don't get too excited, Stephen. Um, because <laughs> honestly, uh, yeah, I mean, I feel the same way with the Echo. I, I don't know how we ever survived without it, similar to my smartphone. I don't know how I ever survived at all, especially as a blind person without my smartphone. Um, but with, with the Echo, Yes. I mean, a lot of what I use it for, honestly, is asking general questions about the weather. Who starred in this movie? Is this celebrity still alive? Oh, he's on um, all the time. Yeah. yeah. It's like, are they yeah. dead? I don't know. And my, my wife and I will be having a conversation. I'll be like, I don't know. And just ask, ask the lady, hey, hey, is this person still alive? And she will let you know. Um, so a lot of basic, you know, things like that, uh, asking it how to spell something. Uh, my daughter has some skills that she uses for math games and tennis that you can use with the uh, echo buttons. Uh, things like that are fun. But I use it a lot for all kinds of different things. Games. There's a lot of of RPGs, role-playing games on there. Mm. They can get they can get monotonous because it takes a while before you have to answer the next yeah, question. Sorry, Tim, that wasn't a crossword However, you were talking about. Yeah, well, but the sound effects, the acting, the voice acting and things is Terrible. really, really good. The stories are really good. The only trick is that you have to wait to answer the Dagon question. Um, but then the other things that I like to use are, are more productivity type apps like Gmail, where I can check my mail and have it read out to me. There's a really good skill for Twitter called Twitter Reader, where you can actually have your timeline and lists and, and things like that read to you as well. Ooh. And oh, so for that the, one. Yeah. Yeah. For the basic nature of, you know, like, like you said, Sean, and we've said in the past, the accidental accessibility of, of a smart speaker, just having my mail or, my tw- uh, my tweets or even notes i i take notes on there all the time you can use evernote or other notes apps on there and they they will pair or partner with an app on your on your smartphone or your computer and so you can you can have your notes accessible to you anywhere and just dictate them or have them read back to you so productivity wise i use i use it quite a bit as well can i just jump back in sorry steven but i want to say the most fantastic thing that I use my speaker for, apart from accessible radio and whatever, is the drop-in feature. No, drop-in feature is absolutely amazing. If you've got these around your house, using them as an intercom or to announce that dinner is ready or whatever, and even to, you can drop in on, say, a relative's house you know, miles away in another country. You can just drop in if they allow that. I was going to see if they allow amazing. that. Yeah. Yes, that but it's an amazing feature. But if but if you have a, a parent or a grandparent or some elderly person in your life or anybody, you know, that's, that's disabled that you're concerned about, vulnerable, you know, whatever the, yes, yeah, they're vulnerable. Properly like vulnerable, if, yeah. If you, if you have a Steven in your life that you're concerned about, <laughs> yeah, no, actually it, it is, works really well. My, yeah. my grandma, before she moved in with my parents here recently, we got her echoes for every room and had drop in turned on so that we could check on her, make sure she was okay. If we tried calling her on the phone and couldn't get her, we drop in just to make sure she's all right. And that, I mean, by itself, just to get even an Echo Dot when they're on sale for, you know, 25, 30 bucks or whatever. Amazing. That's worth the purchase, I think, by itself, if you have somebody like that in your life that you're concerned about. Yeah, I often think to myself, why would you not want one? I mean, I know people get upset about privacy and all that, but at the same token, if you're not, cared, if you're not caring about the privacy side of it, if you think, well, okay, whatever about that, 
why wouldn't you have one of these things? I mean, they're just so good. And, and the price point, like we were talking earlier about the Victor Reader Stream, that's a, a very considered purchase. It's a very specialist purchase. This thing can do all of that and a lot more. And, you know, look at the price difference. You know, it, it's incredible. Yeah, I read Audible books on my yeah, Echoes right, all yeah. the time. So if this is the perfect book reader, then Stephen. No, it's terrible. Yes, it terrible. is. Would you like to reconsider? <laughs> no. Uh, well, look, Double Tap TV's on uh, every Tuesday, 8.30 p.m. Eastern. And uh, on the next episode, we'll be talking about the WeWalk Smart Cane. I'll be talking to the founders of the WeWalk Smart Cane to learn more about it and uh, where it's going. Some interesting new developments coming. You can only hear about them on Double Tap TV, Tuesday, 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Right, let's get to your comments because there have been uh, lots and lots of comments from last week's show. Uh, mainly, uh, I guess, hate towards Sean, probably. I don't know, usual. That's yes, how it goes. there is, actually. <laughs> <laughs> let's get to uh, let's get to one of our uh, comments then. Uh, I think this is Bilal who left a voicemail for us. Hello, Stephen Scott, Sean Priest, Tim Schwartz, and Bilal Mazid again. I just wanted to let you know I got my brand new AirPods last week, and uh, the only problem I'm having it is very nice, good sound quality, excellent. But the problem is there's no bass. They are okay, but um, yeah, I wish there was more bass. So, what do you reckon, Stephen? I know you're an audio geek. Well. You love your sound. How do you the sound quality? So I did a sick test. If it just passed it, fine. I get bass, but not proper bass, you know. I get a disco. Well, you are going to love iOS 14, Bilal, because you get far more control over your AirPods, especially the AirPod Pro uh, lineup. Uh, you'll be able to control more of the, the bass and the treble, and indeed the whole environment, the whole listening. I went through this on iOS 14 and, and made some changes to my setup, and it really did make a big difference to how I was hearing things. There's a whole sort of hearing test with you, which is absolutely brilliant. Um, so, yeah, I think it, it's good. I, I do like the AirPod pros i think the only thing i would say is i find it very difficult sometimes i wear one uh and i have transparency mode turned on which is fine but i still feel i still feel it's you you have this issue as well sean where sometimes it just feels like they're so they're pushed into your ear and yeah, it's I not very like comfortable that. no yeah. I, I, so you know I, I think you have to obviously wear the pair to for it to work properly i, I feel anyway um but no, I like them. I do. Bass wise, yeah. I mean, it depends how much bass you want, Bilal. You know, I mean, if you want tons of bass, um, I probably wouldn't go for a pair of AirPods Pros. I'd go for something else. Um, I mean, uh, beats, beats are probably the best. Yeah. Beats but then you do, that. like you say, even in iOS, you know, under iOS 14, iOS 13, you still got the equalizer there. Um, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So you can go into settings, go to the equalizer, and and you know change that and up the bass there. But yeah, I mean they're not they're not the um, the bass bins that the overheads may be. It may be worth looking at another pair. Right, moving on. Uh, let's go to Harry's email, who got in touch on uh, last week's show. You talked about uh, doing an iCloud backup before downloading iOS fourteen, uh, the beta so that you can go back to the uh, back if the beta doesn't suit you. I fear, and this is to Sean, I mm. fear you may be giving false hope, Sean. Uh, he doesn't say that. I added that in. Yes. Because once the beta is installed, iCloud backup will start happening when the phone is charging and unlocked. I seem to recall Correct. the standard advice is to turn iCloud backup off once your pre-beta backup has been done so that this vital backup is not overwritten by other ongoing backups which would leave you with no way back. Uh-oh. Oh, Harry, 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 Harry. Yes, you're absolutely right. <laughs> um, <laughs> you are correct. Now, look, I was slightly worried about this 
aspect when doing that feature um, because I don't have the time to go into the ins and outs of how to create backups and how to restore backups. You know, there's it would just take too long. So what I decided to do was simply say that if you're unsure of how backups work, then don't do the beta program. Now, I think I did confuse matters by then going on to describe how to do a quick iCloud backup. And maybe I'll change the uh, feature on the website just to clear matters up a little bit. Um, so yes, thank you. If you do have your device connected to mains power and a Wi-Fi network, it will try and do a new iCloud backup every day. And if you do have a limited iCloud capacity, say you've only got the 5 gig one, then it will overwrite your previous backup. And iOS 14 backups cannot be put on iOS 13. So you would have a problem. So you're right, Harry, and I will try and make that clearer uh, in the feature. But again, I, I try to sort of get that across by saying, if you're unsure of how backups work, then probably don't do the beta. If in doubt, leave it out. That's what I always say. Um, well, I don't. Someone else said that, and I stole it. Yeah. Uh, right. Good day, gentlemen. I must say, I too seem to have the same inkling to buy plenty of tech toys, like Stephen. Uh, uh oh. Uh, after hearing Stephen talk about it, I went ahead and purchased Logitech's MX Keys keyboard. I must admit that it surprised me. It's got a rather nice heft to it. Ah, ah yes, that's <laughs> what, what you want. You a nice heft. Uh, and the key travel isn't as bad as I feared. It was going to be. You were frightened? Uh, for the most part, I've been pretty impressed, but I have come across a couple of issues. Uh, blame Logitech. But he says, for starters, which keys on this bloody keyboard adjusts the keyboard's backlight and which keys switches between your connected devices? Language. I've scoured, I've scoured, I know, shocking. I've scoured the net and everywhere I look, all I see are pages doing a review. I've connected it to my work laptop using the little USB dongle and it connected beautifully. The function keys, uh, though, are set by default to control your screen's brightness, volume, and media playback. I tried installing the Logitech Options software on my Windows 10 machine to see if I could toggle the function row to work as uh, F1 to F12. Sadly, the application is completely inaccessible on Windows using JAWS. How is the software on the Mac side? Is it accessible with VoiceOver at least? Uh, well, I can tell you uh, it is actually pretty reasonably accessible, I would say, um, if not fully accessible. I was Certainly everything I needed to get to was accessible on the Mac side of the Logitech options. So it does surprise me, if I'm honest, that it's um, that it's not accessible on Windows. I would actually have almost argued it would be the other way around. Usually, <laughs> usually the apps you download. Well, it is, yeah, because usually the apps on the Mac are Trying the ones that are accessible. Well, I do... I do have options, well, yeah, Logitech options on my Windows 10 device because I've got the K780 keyboard. And accessibility-wise, it's not great, I'll be honest, but the settings are accessible for very that very reason of choosing how you want your function keys to work. I can tab through and find that uh, tick box. So that's with NVDA. That's with, uh, yeah, I'm using NVDA. So. Tim's point as well, narrator, that would actually... That might be another way to do Just try everything and see what works. But it's not a great experience, I'll be honest. Just keep installing yeah. screen readers until it works. Yes. Well. <laughs> and I could not find a user guide for this either. I searched all over and there isn't one. There isn't one for this keyboard, just a quick start guide, which is strange. I did read in various forums that using the function key and the left or right cursor keys will change the backlight modes, but that's not necessarily going to work on the MX keys keyboard versions, but it's maybe worth a try. So it might seem a bit 
pointless, but I actually disabled my backlight completely. That's and that's one thing you can do in the setting. It doesn't. I don't think I could find anything that would change the level of brightness on it. Although I did read you could do that, but certainly nothing I could find in the application for that. And actually switching the keys um, above your uh, arrow keys or your cursor keys, you've got the. Uh, <laughs> this is a bit that uh, Sean doesn't like me saying uh, the pack of six. Or the um, panel of six, the set of six, whatever you want to call it, right? It's six pack. Six pack, yeah, whatever. Um, well, above those, uh, there are three keys, and those are your keys to switch between uh, well, one computer and the other. Um, but, of course, bearing in mind, if you change the uh, function row key to F1 to F12, that will change them to function keys 13 to 15. And you'll have to remember and hold down the function key and press the appropriate uh, key, otherwise it won't work. Because that was the first issue I hit. Yeah, so uh, it does give you more keys. And apparently there are ways you can even specify what each key does. So if you wanted a function, if you did want to use the, the um, specialist keys rather than the function rows, then you could actually choose well whatever you wanted on those keys. It could be you could have one to open an application, it could turn on voiceover or turn on JAWS or whatever you wanted it to do, it could do all that. By but, using um, the inaccessible option. But you can do it because Yeah, you need to get someone yeah. in. <laughs> get a get a, get a, somebody in to do it. Uh, he did, he says if I, I did discover that if you press the FN key with the escape key, this toggles the function row to work as the standard ah, F one to F twelve keys. So no need for software there. But of course and that's pretty much standard on a lot of laptops as well. That's the way to do it. That's your function lock. Um, but he says, I can't seem to figure out how to adjust this keyboard's backlight to turn it off completely um, or uh, so that I can save battery. Um, again, if, that's, if that option isn't accessible, that's your problem right there. Um, he says, I, I'm also reading that there are keys online to adjust the keyboard's backlight, but uh, no one's actually describing where these keys are. Uh, he says, I'm hoping Stephen's figured all this out. Uh, <laughs> Keep hoping. Not really. Um well, I have because I've managed to turn it off using the accessible Mac version. But, you know, other buy than that. Buy a Mac. <laughs> yeah, buy a Mac. That's the answer to everything. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so there's that. But uh, he says, uh, anyway, I'm left saying, help me, Stephen Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. So long and thanks for all the fish, says Daniel Gervais from Canada. Wow. Um, Very nerdy. So well you. done, Daniel. Two. Yeah. Great references there that Stephen doesn't get because he's never seen any of those movies or read those books. <laughs> I don't know what anybody's talking about. Um, Graham Langford got in touch as well. He's got a calendar app recommendation for us. He says, I recommend Pocket Life as a great calendar app. You can get a trial version on the Apple Store. It uses voiceover with very little problems. There is the odd minor voiceover glitch here and there, which he says I have notified them about. It is a paid app. In uh, that you have to pay six ninety nine Canadian that will give you two years of use of the calendar, wow. and then each year after that it's three ninety nine Canadian, so as to keep up development. I guess he says I've been uh, using Fantastical up until the latest version, but was unhappy with the changes they made. This app though is very good, very versatile, and as he says, uh, there is a trial version with the option to purchase from the in app purchase trust. This helps Graham Langford in Toronto in Canada. So yeah, there you go. Um, I'm, I actually, I did download it. I did try it. I've been looking for a better calendar app. And so far, so good. I do like it. Oh, well done, Graham. Something Stephen I likes. That's unusual. Yeah, that, that's different. No, I'll have to take a look at this. I mean, Fantastical is, well, fantastic. It is a good accessible app. Uh, I'll have to give this a try. Uh, as an update to what I had said about Microsoft Edge a couple of weeks ago, it actually has a built-in calendar option, and I've been trying that out since we've had this calendar conversation, and it's actually not bad either. So if you do 
um, actually, I'm sorry, I said Edge, Outlook, Microsoft Outlook, please. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I meant Outlook. In the uh, Microsoft Outlook uh, app, it, it has a built-in calendar, and it, it works really, really nicely. Cool. I'll give it a try. We're out of time, but thank you oh. so much, guys, as always. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, we'll be back again uh, next week doing it all again. Uh, Tim, as always, thank you to you. Lifeafterblindness.com is where people can find out more about yes, you, please. what you are and what you what? do. <laughs> what, what is, what is so Tim Schwartz? Yes, well, find, find out there. there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sean Priest, um, the owner of many things, yes. uh, but no other podcasts. So, uh, yeah, oh. that's that. Uh, thanks a lot, guys. Catch you again next week for another Double Tap Calendar. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Don't forget to tune in to Double Tap TV every Tuesday at 8.30 p.m. Eastern on AMI-tv. For more technology talk with Mark Aflalo and Stephen Scott. This was an AMI podcast. For more accessible media, visit AMI.ca. Hi, I'm Red Sale, inviting you to download the latest episode of My Life in Books, where internationally acclaimed authors discuss their lives, their work, and three books that have resonated with them. That's My Life in Books, available wherever you get your AMI podcasts.